ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the payoff. The streak isn't over. This is Tom Healy, and as always, I am joined by my co-host for how long, I don't know, because for those of you that listened to last week's episode know, decided he was going to shit all over <laughs> Hogan and Andre at WrestleMania 3. What did you even give the ranking? That was a six and a half. A six and a half. To your 10. A six and a half to my 10 and yep. to Dave Meltzer's minus four stars. Yep. Let me tell you something. That is fucking fantastic. And there is nothing that could possibly beat Hogan and... Well, you know what? We might just be covering be something one. better. Dude, I am really pumped to cover this one. But first, how in the hell are you doing, my friend? This is, I will get over you being uh, mean to me, but that's okay. And so, um, it'll be all right. So, this is exciting, though. Again, on the road to WrestleMania, you and I both very excited about this one. Uh, well, the payoff is on the road to WrestleMania, and you and I are literally pay, soon pay, on the road to WrestleMania. Payoff time, I'm getting pretty pay, yep. excited, dude. We're getting closer and closer. Pretty excited. Right the road's getting a lot shorter. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if you're going nice. to go to WrestleMania, you go with uh, an expert WrestleMania weekend That's navigator. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so I may not be a uh, Brock Lesnar guy, but, you know. Well, and the, the card's coming together, but who knows what we'll, what we'll get. So, but either way, of course, we are on the road to WrestleMania. We want you to stay on the road with us. So make sure to subscribe to the show. Um, give us those five stars, Apple Podcasts. Spread the word. We need you guys. That's what we look forward to. Um, more and more people talking about the podcast and the payoff, and that's how we get that word out. So, of course, that's social media, at Payoff Pod. There's at Payoff Jeff, at Payoff Tom. We are out there. We are communicating. We are looking to do more and more, so expect to see more. We are on the road. It's just going to keep mixing it up. And, you know, send us those suggestions. You guys can tell for the you know, longtime listeners, like we try to incorporate stuff. We do things a little differently every week. And so uh, this week, too, is another week we're going to do things a little bit different as well. So, yeah. So because this match is long and the entrances are long and the uh, vignette before the match is long, what we decided to do is we're going to hit play right now. And as they do the build and the entrances, we're going to talk about the build. We're obviously going to watch the match live. And then after the match, we'll give our payoff scores. So for those of you who want to follow along, we're going to hit play here in just a second. Um, but again, it's 148 on the WWE Network, WrestleMania 25. And Jeff, I'll just say... I'm looking at the WWE Network like uh, play button here. This is right in the middle of the damn show, it is. We, we, <laughs> which is hard to believe. I, I'd hate to be the poor sons of bitches that had to follow this thing. We're at about forty-five percent or yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, I feel bad for whoever followed this. this. this we'll get into fun. that in a second. But again, if you all watch it with us, one forty-eight oh one, and we're gonna talk build. So I'm gonna hit play in three, two, one. Ready? Three, two. One play. All right. So Taker cutting his throat. HBK looking into the camera with his good eye. Dude, I'm pumped to cover this one, my friend. Yeah, you want to start? How come uh, this was one you wanted to talk about? So it's great. I was there. I loved it. Fantastic, man. Um, but here's the deal, dude. The build to this um, was pretty damn good, right? They're showing him... Uh, with the uh, Sweet Chin music on JBL to end that feud, that was the one they involved his wife. Yeah, and, we'll, and that's the name. And this the was towards, remember, this is towards the end of his comeback run because he didn't wrestle much his final year. They, he kind of sat on the shelf after this match for a while. Yeah, and that was one of those, it just the build especially, it's kind of interesting how it played. I, yeah, talk I, about Ahead it. of time, and so... Like, uh, yeah, so I'll jump right into it. And so, like, this one, um, what you had it was actually No Way Out, which was February of 2009. 
as we kind of said a little bit, Michaels beat JBL. It was a stipulation where if JBL had won, he would have been the owner of Michael's name and likeness, which, I mean, that's a wrestling story for you. So um, Michael's got the better of him, though, so you didn't have to worry about that. But um, this played out over Raw over the next couple of weeks in order to get us to this point. Um, what you had was Michael's challenged JBL again. And so, but what happened, though, is the winner would advance to take on The Undertaker at WrestleMania. So these two had been feuding. Um, and what, you know, in an effort to really end the streak, that's what Michaels wanted to do. Um, keep moving forward. Michaels did beat JBL, but, uh, it was actually another competitor, someone who we've talked about, uh, in a little bit in previous episodes was actually Vladimir Kozlov actually wanted to challenge the undertaker as well. And so again, you get Michaels again, winning more matches in the lead up to this beating Kozlov and getting his shot against The Undertaker. Um, and, it, of course, as they... It, it, WWE, they, they tend to do this where, you know, the two competitors, the two of them were actually paired in a tag team match against Kozlov and JBL Ugh. in the weeks leading up to... Like, really, the week before, um, which is just nutty. I don't get why that's a thing. But, um, you know, they'll, they'll come together, they'll work together, but that's what we get. And so... Um, but kind of messing with each other a little bit, as you just saw, if you were watching along with us, uh, HBK giving the sweet chin music, um, a super kick to Undertaker as well when we were about two, three weeks out from the match. So um, just interesting. So, and then, then we get the Mania match. And so kind of got right into it. And so the build, though, really like tight. A lot of matches that kind of got us there. A lot of good storytelling. Dude, look so, at this on Raw when... Yeah, we HBK comes out mimicking the Undertaker and every the, move, but he's wearing white. The white. Yeah, I, I mean, the heaven and hell thing. It just. I mean, the the build to this was fantastic. He's in a graveyard right there, sixteen and one written on the tombstone. There really was a lot of good storytelling because I, we'll talk about it. But this is one where it was somewhat believable. Yeah, that, well, because they were playing up the whole uh, WrestleMania too. Like these are the two best WrestleMania competitors of all time, right? And so we had that, and so Undertaker, Michael's getting away at this point. So, yeah, but that was one because you know career versus streak. It was these guys weren't past their prime. Um, you know, maybe some people might disagree, but you know they were still in good wrestling. Hell no, they weren't past their prime, and dude. So I say I don't disagree. Like I oh. said it, and so. I'm sure somebody will say that, you know, I'm full of shit. And so, but I think that these two guys were still able to go, still able to be out there, which is why we got the match that we did. I'm going to call you full of shit if you give this another six and a half payoff score. I'll tell you that. Well, we'll see what happens, man. We don't share our scores, so nobody knows. So that's okay. So, um, I, and we, I hadn't really said like my kind of reasons for wanting to do this. Yeah. I think that. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more during the match, but I think this is one of like, I it wanted to, it's not a common stipulation, which I appreciate. And so, you know, we see a lot of like matches that don't make a ton of sense um, over the years of like, why, you know, why or most recently what, you know, I, I think, you know, they did the hell in a cell matches. It's like, you don't need hell in a cell. This makes per you're right. This makes perfect sense. Why these guys would want to go against each other. Why it would be at WrestleMania. Yeah, the heaven and hell thing. So this is. I'm gonna play the sound for a second here. This is Shawn Michaels in all white, kind of dressed like a white version of the Undertaker, coming down in this massive podium structure. He must have been what 50 feet in the air to start this thing, at least. It's still coming down like on a crane. Yeah, it's still yeah. coming down slowly. They've got this big dramatic music playing. And this is why we did this episode a little different, was because we, entr- we couldn't cut this part out. The entrances are important. Like it tells, and you can tell like Michael's music a little different right now, like kind of how he's coming to the ring. Um, he's got his arms just outstretched. Here's the pyro. We love our pyro. Um, and and kind of doing that. And so yeah, because you have to include. While the build, you know, was multi-week, but... Boom! And then his music hits. He's still got the white outfit on, though. I mean, dude, come on. Such a good entrance. Such a good entrance. So the vignette ahead of this one was pretty good. And so now, of course, you got Michaels. And you could hear the pop as he was coming out. 
and kind of just how everybody was reacting to him. Um, interesting stage setup too. I just want to say that too. You mean I, I did not watch this one in the kind of lead up to it. I just did my research, and so I don't know when the last time you watched it, but I'm going in blind. I like it's very tall. Oh, I watch this match every two weeks. I'm sure you do. Actually, he's not lying. Um, and so, like the very tall stage, it feels like it's double uh, like what you would normally see on something. Yep, and so and Budge more Pyro. Where was this one again? Houston. Houston. I was right. there, 50-yard line. We were kind of at the top of the 100 section. So if you were at a football game, 50-yard line at the very top of, like, the 100s. Uh, pretty good seats. So I like, the setup is very cool. Um, I, I'm digging what they're doing with that because it'll definitely be interesting, especially this year with Tampa and having the uh, – the boat there and so how they play off that will be fun but uh this is one of those where i think it's just a good utilization of where they were and kind of using the space and stuff like that so yeah awesome uh awesome entrance so yeah so this was this one was in houston uh wrestlemania 25 april 5th 2009 72,000. um interestingly enough this um this new stadium this reliant uh was I wouldn't even say across the parking lot. I mean, it was like next door to the Houston Astrodome, which is where WrestleMania 17 obviously took place. So it was kind of cool. We walked past the Astrodome to get into to this arena, it uh, the stadium. It doesn't look that big because it's one of those where you you kind of go underground. I don't know. It was, it was a little bit. It was just a weird uh, kind of a weird stadium, but it was cool. Really, uh, really interesting show. Now, this was the card on this one was was interesting all right and, and you know some of these wrestlemanias we've just been blowing through but i'm, I'm going to take a few minutes and just go through the entire card the um the pre-match which i believe was on the uh you know whatever the pre-game show at that time was called was uh carlito and primo the colognes they defeated morrison and miz uh in a lumberjack tag team championship match that unified the the two brands um titles what year was this, Jeff? This was 2009. And in 2020, we'll probably be getting a Morrison and Miz uh, appearance together at WrestleMania. So 11 years later. Yeah, pretty, pretty interesting how that happens. Now, uh, CM Punk won the uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, Santino Morella wins Miss WrestleMania. So kind of a comedy thing. Jericho defeated Snooka, Steamboat, and Piper, um, accompanied to the ring by Ric Flair. I don't know if you remember that. That was the one where it was supposed to be Jericho and Mickey Rourke. Then they were going to have the four guys. This was the year after Flair retired, so he didn't want to come back in the ring, but they were trying to get him involved in this one. It was kind of weird. But what came of that was Ricky Steamboat looked pretty damn good, and he hadn't been in the ring for like... 10 years or maybe even more, um, he would go on the following month to have a match against Chris Jericho at Backlash, I think it was, that was awesome. The next match, Extreme Rules match, Matt Hardy defeating Jeff Hardy. I remember that match being so disappointing because you're thinking with those two in the ring, they're going to kill it, right? Especially Extreme Rules um, as we're watching just a ridiculous Undertaker entrance. I mean, they're all great and being there live and feeling the fire. And, you know, it may feel like these entrances take five minutes, but when you're there, you love every damn second of it. It's just like, holy shit. I mean, there's just like an aura that comes across the arena for those that haven't seen it live or, or it's been a while. So yeah, this, this Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy match just kind of sucked. It was disappointing. 22nd match where Mysterio beats JBL for uh, the IC title. At the time that was JBL's last match. Um, but it was really well done. It was kind of cool just to see him get squashed. And there was the na-na-na-na goodbye chant because we knew it was JBL's last match. Really good. Then you had this match, which obviously we're going to we're covering and going to talk about. And then the two world title matches. There was a three-way with Cena, Big Show, and Edge. It wasn't terrible, but wasn't great. And uh, then Triple H beating Randy Orton. Um, and that was that match. I had alluded to it, I think, a few weeks ago. That was the one where, okay, they have to follow this classic, okay? And, you know, Triple H and Orton, they're kind of, neither of them, I would say, is like a great in-wing worker per se. Um, and they had this stupid sti uh, stipulation where if Triple H was counted our DQ, he'd lose the world title. So Triple H has alluded to it. He's like, look, we had no chance of following this match. 
oh, by the way, give me a stipulation where the guy that came into my house attacked me. I think he had like RKO'd Stephanie, all this dastardly shit that he had done to Triple H. And then Triple H couldn't be the aggressor in the match because he would have gotten in trouble. So it was a horrible stipulation. They had no chance of following it anyways. So that's the card, man. So not a great WrestleMania. Um, The bones were there for it to be, uh, but just didn't happen. Also, this was the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony that Steve Austin went into. So as big of a name introduction as you can get, that actually took place, um, you know, before the main event. And uh, Steve Austin came out in an ATV, place went nuts, beers, the whole deal. Um, Look, something about his pops in Texas, man. Coming out for this one, he got a major pop. And then when he came out in Dallas... Um, and that was the one where it was him, Sean, and uh, Mick Foley. The place went absolutely bananas. Yeah, and this is one. So, and we're at the point. The Undertaker is in the ring now. He's raised the lights. Um, they're both kind of. Well, that's he. He motions. I mean, they. Oh. He doesn't actually have the power to do that. Wait, what? Damn it! Sorry. Oh my God! You're ruining it, Tom. And so. It's him. That's why he has to do it. So, um, yeah, kind of taking his hat off now. And so this is what we touched on a little bit. We were talking about, uh, you know, their entrances here. Who stands out for you? All, who has some of the better WWE entrances? Not music, but like just their coming to the ring and kind of how the, who sticks out to you? I mean, gosh, these two are as a good place to start, right? I mean, Taker, Shawn Michaels, um, Ultimate Warrior. I think like for me, like Jericho, definitely. He's had some great ones. Like, you know, in the jacket. I think that's hard to overlook, like just how good that like that is. Uh more recently, like I've always enjoyed Nakamura and how he came out to, like comes out to the ring with like the uh violin and stuff. Before like that. he was a, a jobber, I thought uh Bobby Roods was great. Bobby Roods he it's still I think yeah, like that was but when they were doing the full thing yep. in NXT, same with Nakamura, his was pretty awesome. And that was, you know, there's so much that gets diluted when they get up to the main card, which kind of sucks. And I get some of it's the plan. Like, you can do things on NXT, so right out of here, Michael's with the chops, the two of them kind of going at each other. And just the way that, you know, the contrast of the black and the white, the contrast of the bigger and smaller, you know, Sean's trying to be faster, Taker's trying to kick the shit out of him, the facial reactions, I mean, it's, it's just all absolutely spot on. Now, keep in mind, this was, I believe this was 17th, uh, taker match, you're you're going into it like well, there's no way he's going to lose. But as the match would go on, as we'll see, you start to wonder. You know, um, I'd say at this point, it wasn't. There was a stretch where it was like pretty predictable he was going to win. Obviously, he did lose. This was that stretch where you're like he's probably going to win, but he's not definitely going to win. Like some of those, like the you know matches, you're like there's no chance he loses this year, right? Like the the Punk one, for instance. Yeah, absolutely. And this is just one of those, there's the DX shot throwing it at the Undertaker. And so, um, and of course, playing a little bit here, Michael's playing possum, fake the knee injury and boobies on top of him. This was too like previous episode. He's got the, uh, the looser pants at this point. You and I had talked in a preview because, um, trying to hide some of the knee braces and things he may have on under that. And so, correct. Yeah. I always wondered why he had those, those looser pants. I mean, I didn't hate them, but I didn't like them as much as the traditional, but yeah, he said he had big ass knee braces on both knees. And sometimes if you look closely now that I heard that, I, I can see it. So there's a lot of it. So you've got, and kind of some of the talking points that you and I have through this one is you've seen Undertaker, I mean, all these guys, he's been the Undertaker for as long as he could be the Undertaker. Michaels has reinvented himself a little bit, you know. Well, I'd argue Taker has too, though. He did the American Badass. badass. Yeah, that's right. That's fair. And so, uh, but, you know, Michaels, you had the Rockers. You had, you know, the Heartbreak Kid. You had, you know, D-Generation X. You had all these different things. Like, I'll say kind of what Michaels now is kind of settled in very nicely into this NXT kind of coaching role and what he's doing there. What, in your opinion, is next for The Undertaker? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because now, and I, and I think this was on the Steve Austin podcast, you know, I, you're always, as a fan, you're always like, I wonder if Taker's going to wrestle this year. And, you know, a lot of this stuff, a lot of these years, it's been pretty last minute. I think we sometimes assume that all these things are determined well in advance. All these storylines are well-planned. 
some of these years with Taker, it's been like, eh, shit, I feel good. I'll do it, you know? And the next thing you know, he's closing out, you know, uh, an 80,000 seat stadium against Roman Reigns. But it's not like, you know, as we sit here, you know, and again, we we're a few weeks from, you know, when we're going to actually post this. So so something could have changed, but as we sit here watching this, we don't know what he's going to do. Um, and it just seems like he's one at a time. He's one match at a time. It's like the run where, you know, he did the extreme roles with Roman Reigns and he did some of the Saudi Arabia stuff. And the one year he didn't show up at WrestleMania, but he showed up at the Raw the night before. Was that last year? Yeah. So it's just, it's interesting. I mean, the Cena thing kind of came together at the last minute. You know, so it's it's been it's been really interesting. Um, and I And obviously we have no idea. I mean, he could wrestle another five years. He could not wrestle. He could get hurt. I mean, so, but it seems like it's just one at a time and there is no exit strategy per se. Now, I think I've mentioned this on here before. The best idea I've ever heard in terms of fantasy booking um, is Taker winning the title and, and setting it down on the ground and calling it quits. What I'd love to see is I'd love to see him win the Rumble, him get a match, him win the match and put the title down. And maybe ahead of time, he says, this is my last ride, win or lose, like I'm going out. So um, I don't know. I just, I, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. We're all guessing at this point. Do you, is there, like you, you have your scenario for like how he exits. Is there, like, in my mind, there's no way the fans will be happy. No matter what they do, even myself, because I don't know what the expectation is. Like, how do you, you know, 30 plus year career, who knows much more he's got in him. Like how, I just don't see any way that the fans are how they're going to be happy. Yeah. Well, you know, look to me, the idea of everyone needing to finish on their back, everyone needing to lose. Look, how many guys career has the undertaker made or greatly improved? Oh, I don't know. Edge, JBL, Shawn Michaels, Steve Aw. I mean, how many guys does this guy need to make a star? So I don't, he doesn't need to, I don't think he needs to win. Or I'm sorry, I don't think he needs to lose in his final match. And your point about, oh, it's just gonna piss him off. Like, who's gonna beat him to where you're like, all right, this guy's the flag bearer, this guy deserves the torch, this guy deserves the rub. I mean, maybe a heel and then you get some heat on him. Like, I think it worked with Corbin and, and Angle. I mean, as much as I wanted Angle to win that, and I think he should have, you know, I mean, they've got a good year run out of, out of Corbin on that. But I just, you know, t- to me, it's like I want The Undertaker to win. I want The Undertaker to be victorious. I want The Undertaker to pose in the middle of the ring. If he has the title, so fucking what? make a tournament the following month and drive some network subscriptions with a tournament semifinal, right? Like yeah. <laughs> I just never understood that. So to me, I want to see him winning. Um, I have no issue with it whatsoever, but look, I'm on the older side of the fan base. Uh, you know, I'm always going to cheer on the good guys. You know, I think Michael was better than Kobe and LeBron, right? So <laughs> some of it's just generational, I'm sure too. Uh, one thing I came across as I was, uh, you know, going through some uh, episodes of the, or uh, issues of the torch is, uh, you know, before before the uh, show, Keller said, you know, WrestleMania would have been more successful if the two world title matches were promoted hard. But um, the stature of Sean and Taker to the point that Triple H and Cena um, should have cut promos about Undertaker and Ma- uh, Michaels match. Um, it's the you know biggest special match. Two title matches could have been on any pay-per-view. Taker Michaels should be last. But I agree with Jim Ross that it probably won't be. So both Jim Ross and Keller going into this show said this match should have been last. So this isn't like a 2020 hindsight. This is a, hey, this match should be last. That's what they said going in. Obviously, as we look back, of course, the match should have been last. You know, in some ways you wonder, okay, what if they would have put this match on last? Would it have not met expectations and maybe it shouldn't have been? Who the hell knows? But, you know, look, it was obviously the best match on the card. It obviously was very, very difficult to follow. Fans were kind of burned out after this one in a good way. So um, just just an interesting thing there. But he was absolutely right. I think so. you raise a good point or kind of a good transition here for you. And uh, we touched on a little bit like. So did the is the stipulation one like what are your thoughts on the stipulation? But then two, what stipulation and kind of when does it is it greater than the titles? 
Yeah, so the interesting thing about this match, which obviously is revered as an all-time classic, there was no stipulation here. Right. It was, I'm the best performer in WrestleMania history. No, I am. And, you know, we've got some heat and we're legends. So there really wasn't, you know, uh, any stipulation or anything at stake other than these two just in a match, which is hard to believe, right? There's no title. There's no hell in the cell. There's no retirement match or anything like that. Yeah, and this is one of those where I, I kind of just, I'm looking through some different like I say true stipulation like it was career versus streak that was the story the following year it was oh I'm sorry this one yeah so no, this sorry. one had nothing yeah this one had nothing so I think that one of the like would this match have benefited from that like if it, if it was getting pushed at this point like what are you you know I I almost take the other view which is I think if you put a stip on some of these matches it takes away from them so the following year when they did career versus streak I didn't like it cuz I knew who was going to win right obviously Shawn Michaels was losing right so I I just really unless it was a massive swerve right so I just I like the idea of you know Less is more sometimes, right? Like I don't, I don't, don't do a stipulation for the sake of stipulation. Even like uh, last year, Triple H Batista. Yeah, you knew it was probably his last match. So why make it a retirement thing? Then you just gave away the finish. Yeah. You didn't add anything to it. You didn't sell any more pay-per-views because Batista's career was on the line. All you did was say who the damn winner was going to be. So the, looking at this year, and by the time this episode has come out, we went out. Who is Undertaker fighting at WrestleMania this year if he's fighting? Um, I don't know if he's going to fight, but I think he might wrestle. Um, I think he may sports entertain some people. I gotcha. So, God, I, I have I have zero idea. I don't even, I mean, I don't even, I know McIntyre was the word on the street for a while. Um, you know, at the time we're listening, or the time this airs, uh, you know, I don't even know if uh, Fiend or uh, uh, Goldberg's champion, but I could see them doing, you know, a Fiend-Taker match if Goldberg has the title. But I don't know. No one really jumps out now that I'm like, I'm dying to see Undertaker for somebody. But I'm one of these guys that I like to see him in the ring. Him and Reigns tagging together, I loved it. It was awesome. Like, I'll take this guy for as long as he can compete and not hurt himself. And I and I and it sucks that him and Goldberg had that unfortunate, like, incident where the match didn't come out the way it should have. Because that was good on target to be a really good match. And they were on pace to have, like, a great 10-minute kind of back-and-forth big move type match like Goldberg did with Lesnar. Um, so I, I like seeing him, but this one of those two. And I, I think you raised an interesting point though, like, and almost to like protect him a little bit. Do you make it a tag? Do you do a brothers of destruction type thing? And, I, and, I can't and, see the two of them wrestle one more time. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's what I wonder is like, they do that and kind of have that approach. So here we go. Catch them at choke slam. So Michael's up. Dude, went up play, look, everybody's standing. They're going crazy, dude. So yeah. Two, but, Oh, bad. Kicked yeah. him. Blocked the super kick, yeah. And then trying to get him in a figure four here. Hell's Gate. And then Harold Hell's Gate, Taker and Hell's Gate. So I uh, hate that move. Everyone is uh, on their feet at this point, too. I do find it interesting. This is still the, and I, I've talked about this a lot over the years, it's still the era of the camera flash. And so you still have a lot of different cameras. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Cameras don't flash anymore. And so you, those, like, yeah, those kind of moments you don't get anymore because cameras don't have it and so it used to be you had to be ready for the shot when it came and so yeah now and he's still throughout this match a lot of havoc so we're about a third of the way through at this point you and me being armchair kind of booking and kind of you know sitting here discussing it how much of the match do you think they did lay and i couldn't find anything in my research twitter let us know if it's out there but how much of this do you think they laid out ahead of time? It's probably in the middle, right? So I don't think they went out and called it in the ring per se. I also don't think that they, you know, Randy Savage, WrestleMania 3, wrote down every move that they're going to do. Right. So I think they had a general idea. Um, you know, they had worked together a bunch. They probably knew the big stuff happening. They probably walked around the ring and, and um, it's probably in the middle. Would be my would be my educated guess. I think it's interesting too because one some of the research I was finding was, um, and I don't know how much of this you saw. These these two used to hate each other uh, back in the '90s. There was a big point of that made. Oh, of, of course, some of the articles and that I mean egos in the '90s. Like you know, I, I can only imagine if we had actually heard about it when it was happening. Um, you know, there was no internet or anything like that, so we didn't hear about that. But like some of the backstage just kind of. 
Um, and the I, the quote, yeah, none of that stuff really exists anymore. I mean, you get some guys that maybe joust a little bit on Twitter, but I don't think the guys like absolutely can't stand each other. I mean, HBK was just a complete asshole. Like it, Taker yeah. was who he was, and here we go. He's climbing to the top of the rope. Taker's on the outside. I mean, God, these two. You know, Sean already looks like hell. He's exhausted. It's interesting. He's looking exhausted. He's fine. You know. Oh, he's going for the step there. Yep. Yep. Um, he's going for the moonsault, and then Taker just brushes him away like a damn fly. He just did a moonsault off the top rope onto the floor. I mean, there's nothing to protect him. Jeez. Yeah, you think of that Matt's only so much, but. Uh, interesting quote I found about these two kind of hating each other was um, this was Undertaker kind of coming back around. And he said, uh, and this is more recent, but where, where Sean and I are today and where we were back then on a personal level, it's taken a complete 360. And then the quote that they, they kind of shared was if Sean Michaels back was if Sean Michaels back then was on fire, I probably wouldn't piss on him to put him out. <laughs> and so. But he also continued, but that being said, there is no one that I would rather be in the ring with than Shawn Michaels. I wonder, like, just probably the easiest guy to work with. And that's what I wonder is you figure, I say some of these, like, true legends of the industry, like an Undertaker doing the sit-up right there as Michaels is still recovering on the outside. That I, I wonder, like, how much... Here we go. You know it's coming out. Do you remember this? Oh, of course I do. It's a classic oh Undertaker. Goodness. So this is This is painful to watch. Uh, I still I still cringe when I see this. So Undertaker going for the dive outside. Oh, God, he lands right on his damn neck. Takes out the cameraman who I believe is Jimmy Snuka's son. He certainly didn't catch him. Oh, my goodness. So this is Undertaker did not get full rotation for those of you. No, home. he got full rotation. Oh, got full I mean, rotation, instead of yeah. being flat, he landed like – Face first, neck first. Yes. He's lucky he didn't kill himself. And so everyone now laid out the ref, Michaels, Undertaker, the cameraman. I mean, people are just. Oh my God. Just brutal. It's interesting, too, kind of watching this, and we see it a lot, and I, I kind of have to pay attention in the next pay per view. They're not showing replays. Have you noticed that? So the replay thing, it. it I mean, they're, they're going to show this, but yeah, they're, they, 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 they show more replays now than they used to. So watch this. Oh, oh God. Yeah. You just hear it. So you see it more and more now, like some of those like images and like gifts that you can hear. That's one that you can hear. Like oh, you just can't God. help but cringe. Yeah. Um, so starting to recover a little bit here. Totally off topic, but when NXT, I love that after every match, they show replays of what happened. And they don't do it on the main roster as often. Yeah. Watch it. Every match on a card. So when I'm buzzing through like an NXT special and I'm like some of the undercard stuff, I try to like catch the finish. And then right after the finish, I watch that. So I do that on matches. I don't actually watch the full thing of. Yep. So, yeah. Spoiler alert. Jeff and I don't watch every minute of current product wrestling that's out there. I I will say I fast forward through just about everything so I know what happened. But I can't promise I watch every single match in its entirety. It's tough. I typically watch NXT every week because I can commit that time. I, I like, mean, it's good. Even there was a couple of weeks ago at this point too, where you know you and we were. I was like, hey, like I was traveling. I was like, oh shit, like what time is SmackDown on? Like, and so I was able to kind of throw it on because I just wasn't really doing much else. And I even had like my partner and I like she. I'm slowly trying to get her into it, and so this is one like especially kind of watching some of these like you know, kind of showing her these types of things. And she actually, she enjoys a lot of the women's stuff and kind of watching that. So that's always good too. But um, this is one, yeah. So we got Michael's back in the ring. Undertaker's still recovering from a broken neck at this point on the outside. And so, so, you know, oftentimes people discuss like, hey, you know, after so many dates, it's appropriate to sleep with somebody or to take them out to a nice dinner <laughs> right. or a first kiss. In your opinion, what's the uh, appropriate number of dates prior to telling someone that you're oh, a wrestling boy. fan? The, 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 you and I joke about this because when I first started dating my partner, we were like, oh, I, does she know yet that you're a wrestling fan? Yeah, does so, she know your dirty, dark right. secret? I think she's perfectly I, – she, if somebody heard that, they'd be like, oh, does he have like a second family or is he married or right, – no, yeah. just a mark. 
So trying so, to- So when do you, what, what do you think's appropriate? For me, I think it just came up naturally. I think part of the benefit- Okay, was, so how does it come up naturally? Uh, part of it, because when we were talking about like hobbies and things that we would do, like about one of the conversations was um, like me doing this. And so, and of course the conversation is like, what kind of wrestling? Like, or like WWF wrestling? That was Undertaker just rolled back in after barely beating the 10 count there. Um, and so, yeah, 75 second, 10 count. Right. Yeah, it really was. So, um, yeah, I think that that one came up because when I would talk about the podcast and like, you know, having different interests and not like being codependent on each other. Um, and she really enjoyed that fact. And so, um, yeah, I would forget, I think it was probably less than a couple of months that it came up, but it definitely took a little bit longer for her to sit and watch a little bit. Um, for me to just invite her over to watch something that has not happened yet. Um, it's been like, she's come over big choke slam from the undertaker there. Um, and so we're going for the quick pin. First too. major pin. Yeah. First. Yeah. And we're about over almost 20 Boom, minutes. Kicks in. out place going nuts. Everyone's on their feet. Yeah. And so that was what I think that she, um, I'm trying to slowly, you know, get her to watch it. I think she does enjoy the drama of it. Like the, um, is glow on Netflix going to talk about the soap opera ness of it? Like it's it's enjoyable that way, and so so your your policy is come up comes up when it comes up. It's not something that you know first date grabbing some sushi and you're like, look, I fucking love pro wrestling. I don't think that's how it came up. Uh, okay. It may have it could have been one of those like twenty questions type thing, which is like, tell me something that you know nobody else knows about. When you, you said like, on your oh. first date. She didn't know what your John Cena shirt meant, right? Well, when she came over and saw the Hulk Hogan sheets, it kind of gave it away. You know? <laughs> so, you know, you fucking, when you get your Hogan and your warrior buddies on the bed. Boom, super kick, both guys out. My policy's slightly different. I avoid at all costs. Um, you know, I finally met a girl that I wanted to marry, who's now my wife. So finally, I, I think Hulk Hogan came up or something, and I said, all right, you know what? At, at some point, I'm going to have to do this, and so... Um, you know, it went over surprisingly well. So that was God knows what she told her friends, but so that was he counted three there, but then is now marking two. Um, and the, the camera angle there definitely caught his hand hitting on three. So that was a she. Yeah, like I said, it's hard to find Hulk Hogan uh, queen size sheets, but they are available if you work hard enough. So plates. I mean, they're going nuts, right? Yeah. I mean, they're both down. Like this is just, it's just been fantastic. So this one too, we're we're. we're just at 20 minutes on this one too a little bit of we're under depending on where you're timing it and so we've still got a lot more to go um it's interesting too like the two of these just really putting it all out there though like it's just so impressive you know and, and i think this is what you get and this is the kind of stuff so take her grabbing him um yeah there's just so many little intricate spots in this match that are just so fantastic like that you know now he's going for the last ride Got him up, sunset flip, taker, double choke, kicks him, going for it again. He'll get it. And there's I like that move. Something different. Is this it? Place is going nuts, as you can hear for those of you watching it. Going absolutely nuts. You know, this is great. This is the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania. Do you know the only problem with that, Jeff? Hmm. It's the 24th anniversary. This is a classic Vince McMahon-ism. Oh, that's right. So yeah. WrestleMania 25 would be the 24th anniversary. Ah, hell, call it the 25th. So it's just so funny that, you know, there's a lot of times where Vince just kind of has like lives in an alternative universe and they just do things that don't really make sense. But yeah, and we've seen that. We've always talked about the revisionist history of certain things and just kind of how Vince is. And so this is one. So at this point in the match, like this put on, it hasn't been a ton of, like there's been some high flying, but not a ton. Um, the pace is starting to slow a little bit here. Do you think, it, like, is it helping? Is it hurting? Is it Taker's on the start? top rope, by the way. This guy's six foot whatever. He's on the top rope. Elbow drop completely misses. God, that's awesome. I mean, this was after he walked the ropes very early in the match, too. And so he kind of had that going for him. So um, what were you asking me? So I was asking, like, the pace of the match and just kind of like, you know, these guys, they're not 
which do you prefer, I guess, is the better question of like, they started kind of hot. It slowed down a little bit. I just, I like a variety, right? That's what I, that's what I think's fun that if, okay, so, you know, you'll hear me a lot on this show say, I like when they call it like a sport. I like when they present it like a sport. I like when Jesse Ventura is like, I don't understand why he didn't go for the cover right there. You got to wonder as this match goes on, does it favor one guy because of their cardio? I love that stuff, right? I like losing myself in it where, again, when you do the spot festy stuff and you have like the Young Bucks gymnastics matches, it's just, it's tough to like see it like a sport, right? So that's when I really like, and here you go, Taker, got him in a tombstone, trying to get a tombstone. Boom, tombstone. There you go, that's it. One, two. That's that Taker shocked look meme that you've seen. People are shocked, right? I'm shocked. It's like, oh my God, is this guy going to win? Is Shawn Michaels actually going to win? Is this streak actually over? Unbelievable. Place going nuts. Every single person on their feet. It's really tough to have loud sound in buildings this big. That's loud. So... Match pace. Yes, match pace. So I like when it's presented like a sport. So like, and I think this is something NXT does really well, where if you watch those big matches and you think of like the Gargano matches and the Ciampa matches and, you know, some of the, you know, some of these really good matches that they've had, right? Uh, like Adam Cole stuff more recently, the the Joes and the Nakamuras that have come through the system. Those matches, they're always different, right? Some of them, it's like the bell rings and they go after each other. Some of them, it's they feel each other out. I like different types of matches. So I don't have a like, I like my shit fast pace. Some of them I like where it does go out and starts with a brawl. Some of it like I like when it's a stare down. And that's where, you know, Hulk Hogan, not the greatest in-ring wrestler ever, but he's so good at the psychology of things. They know when to tie up. They know when to slow down. They know when to speed up. So long-winded answer but yeah i like a variety of stuff to be honest yeah and i know and like you and i i know i'm the new japan watcher of the two of us and you're the uh ecw guy more than me i think that's one oh what a freaking ddt there tornado um, ddt tornado ddt i think that new japan has always done a good job and, I, and i've said this before i don't listen with the english commentary i listen i listen with the japanese commentary and the like because i think they do a for me, it tells a better story if you have a 60-minute match or however long, like, their Wrestle Kingdom, their WrestleMania, for those of you that know. Um, like, you know, they're able to tell that story. And I think this one, this match, too, I don't think the pace, they don't need it to be super fast or flippy or anything. Like, if you tell the story in the ring, I think that's the important thing. And these two right now, like, even me sitting here right now, like, we know the finish and how this is going to go. But to those people there at the time, they had no idea. But for like, it's a big deal for someone to kick out of the tombstone. And so even at this point in his career, like it didn't happen. And so we haven't seen the sweet chin music much, but, you know, he hits it. And so Michael's like struggling. So you're, it is, it's, it's planting that seed of like this, the story. And he's taking him forever to climb the ropes right now. Michael's, but you but, believe it, but you're you believe every it. second exactly. of it. And so I think that's why it's so important is to kind of tell that story. Um, oh, slide back there a little bit. Got to catch him. So everyone is on their feet at this point. A huge Ooh, elbow um, from Michaels, job. but too tired to make the pin. Almost barely can't get there. So it rolls the wrong way. So, um, yeah, just really there's, and there's even some fans, if you know, like literally jaws dropped, like kind of trying to figure out like what's going to happen next. So Michaels, we're going to tune the band. Here we go. So, um, just really interesting how, you know, if they can tell the story right, that's what I want. I don't need, you know, some some spot fat. And this too, like we've talked about in previous episodes, it doesn't, you don't know what's coming next. You know, if you have a table set up or ladder set up or, you know, something happening like that, you're just waiting for them to use it for a spot. I don't, that's my, I hate that, like, I know you hate stomping. It. I hate that. I hate the one, two, three countdown on moves. Hate it. But, oh, he hit the cleanest super kick you're ever going to see. Maybe not the cleanest, one of them. There we go. This is it. It's over. Dude, what a pop. Unbelievable. 
You thought he had him right there. I still remember the saddest day when I realized that more times than not, the uh, super kick sound comes from the slapping of the leg, which sorry to pull back the curtain on that one, but sometimes, boy, they catch it clean. He caught that one clean, and especially to hear it as well as you did in that arena with everything that was happening, like, yeah. So the night, night before this, Austin goes into the Hall of Fame. Yes. Does it bother you that we've never gotten another Steve Austin match? Like, I understand him retiring early, but would you have liked to have seen him against Lesnar or CM Punk comes yeah. to mind? Have you ever thought about that? And what would you think if we got Punk Austin at WrestleMania? Especially now point? that you say that, it, he has very much more than a lot of these other kind of like legends. Um, he has just never felt the need to come back. Sean came back. Yeah, a Taker. Taker still hasn't retired. Like, yeah, like Edge came back. Goldberg, like Punk will wrestle again. I'm sure it, Goldberg's we, come back. I fully came back. Flair came back. In our lifetime, we will see Batista uh, came back. CM Punk will wrestle before Rick Rick Flair retires again. So, um, yeah, I think, but it's been interesting because he, and he's done a few spots. He's done some stunners here and there. Yeah, like, and I don't know physically if he could do it and stuff, but man, I'd love to see it, dude. I, I just dude, really dude's would. Dude's still jacked as hell, I know, though, and he and still stuff. looks good when he comes back, and he was a brawler. So it's like, you yeah. put him in with the right guy. I mean, dude, even like when him and AJ Styles had that stare down. Well, and that's like, I wonder, like, you know, and it's this me just spitballing, like, you know, because you, like, again, you just asked me this. I wonder, do you do like a... Uh, a Vince McMahon Stone Cold Survivor Series kind of play those angles like you know I don't want Vince and the authority back in any way but just like that meaning it'll probably happen um, but like is that maybe a route you go that he takes on like some of this like manager type role I think he's perfectly happy living on the ranch too correct and so you know and he's got a good gig with his own podcast as well too and so I'd love to. The point is, I'd love to see him wrestle again. Yeah, and I would too. Absolutely. And I think that's just one of those where I, I don't think we will, but I th- credit to him, he's avoided, you know, coming back in the itch compared to, you know, some of these other people. Like, hell yeah, Daniel Bryan, like, couldn't stay away. Yeah. You know, for some of them, yeah. like, you know, I think we will eventually one day, it might be years from now, see Paige back in the ring too. But I, I agree. Way. I agree. Um, so, yeah. interestingly enough, I mean, you know, everything just means so much in this match because the psychology is so good. But to your point, you know, I mean, there's been some bigger spots, but, you know, it's not like a bunch of tables been broken or ladders and stuff. And, I mean, it's just, it's, it's pretty wild, man. Pretty yeah. damn good match. All right, so, going for the moonsault. Uh-oh. Caught him into his tombstone. That's it. One, two, three. Taker collapses. My initial thought as I watched it live and what I said to my buddy I was with, that was the best match of all time. Yeah. I said it in the moment. I mean, now I just said that was that was the best professional wrestling match, certainly that I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. So this is one, you know, obviously both men just laid out in the ring, the crowd just going absolutely crazy. Um, you know, it's just one of those like it is that iconic moment. It's what the fans wanted, showing the 17 and 0 signs in the crowd as well, too. Uh, Undertaker selling well is the first to get up, which makes sense because he won the match and Michael's still just kind of laying out. So um, really good stuff here. Dude, I mean, you've heard me say this before and I I came across it uh, as I was doing my research for this. You know, what did what did Keller say? He's like, look, Michaels has now had his opponent's best matches with at least seven top level opponents. Taker, Flair, Triple H, Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Yep. Four-star matches with Hart, Jericho, and Cena. Three-and-a-half-star match with Vince McMahon. Yeah. Tatanka's bad. probably best match of his career. Really good singles match against Tito Santana. Good match with the Rockers. But, dude, he's like... And he and he, he said the only, quote-unquote, disappointing matches were Chris Jericho and John Cena. Cena, I agree with. Just the storyline and the yeah. match wasn't that great. Jericho, I thought that stole the show from what I remember, but yep. that might be a fun one to go back for. You know, the Iron Man match, I, I, I'm i on the side of really enjoying that, but again, some people did not like it. The only thing I didn't like about the Iron Man match, I thought the finish sucked. Otherwise, I thought it was a really good match. 
probably could have used three or four falls as opposed to the way they booked it, but I get it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you want to get into the aftermath here, take a quick break, and then get right into it? Yeah, let's let's jump into the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath. Okay, so what we got in the aftermath here. So, of course, as we were discussing, you've got The Undertaker winning 17-0. Just throughout the match, you know, fans back and forth, not really sure, but everybody chanting, going after both of them. Uh, just really enjoying this. I'm getting this, and this is awesome chance too coming out throughout this. And so, um, just some different notes on here it was the match of the year, the 2009 Slammy Awards, which was on Raw. Uh, it was also the match of the year for Pro Wrestling Illustrated and the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. And so, super high marks for this one, just all around, like, and just kind of what it was and kind of what it did. Uh, both these guys immediately after this match, so it took a little break, a little hiatus. I'm sure it was to recover. I'm sure it was you know, nagging injuries and things like that, kind of going away a little bit. Uh, Sean eventually did come back to reform Degeneration X, did a lot with that. Uh, and then uh, Undertaker as well eventually came back, uh, attacked CM Punk. And so um, some interesting kind of storylines happening there. Um, these two, of course, had some more run-ins, um, of course, uh, over the court, you know, uh, next few years, really, and year, uh, getting the streak versus career match, uh, which... Of course, bringing an end to Michael's career, which we'll you know talk about that one a little bit later. So, kind of putting an end to his kind career. Kind of, yeah, relative wrestling put an end to his career. So um, just interesting. And so uh, one, though, uh, that we, you know, kind of talked about the write-ups a little bit here. There was just a lot, kind of how they all felt about this one. And so um, it was the um, Observer Newsletter. And this was, I, it's just odd here. And so um Everyone wants a star rating, and this is going to seem like a cop-out, but I am reserving final judgment until I see the DVD. Like, when this was over, I thought four and three quarters, so that is what I would give it here. But is this, I, wait, this is Keller or Meltzer? Meltzer. What, what do you mean you have to see the DVD? I, I that's the stupidest... Was he there? I, so I will watch... What, the, that's yeah. the stupidest thing I've ever heard. What do you mean you have to see the DVD? You watch a match, you give it a ranking. I mean, if you're there, it's probably a slightly better perspective. I mean, maybe you want to, but like, uh, what what the hell's the damn difference? And it's even said, it's my newsletter, goddammit. Either way, it's a quarter star and it's one man's opinion. So let's all just move on with our lives and agree that it does not get much better than this. Which, kind of a dick way to put it. Like, well, I, I, don't, I don't understand this. So he says, I thought four and three quarters, so that's what I'm going to give it but I'll watch the match on Blu-ray when it comes out yeah. and I reserve the, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't understand that at all. Like just have an opinion and move on. Like it is what it is. Maybe you think about it, but like, how do you, Oh, I need to see the footage again. I mean, it's a, it's a pro wrestling match. But then Wade Keller being a little bit more definitive here with the five stars, five stars goes without say Michaels did it two years in a row, two five-star matches, two years in a row. Those matches are created from two decades of experience, two decades of history that is built up well into this type of climax, and a lot of Michael's planning ahead and excellent execution between the mo- between the ropes. So he, that, so I guess he gave uh, Flair Sean five stars too, which I'm I'm yeah. surprised by. I didn't realize he did that. I, I mean, it was a great match, and we'll right, definitely right. cover it so, at some point. So Michael's just leapfrog whoever was above him on anyone else's list of the greatest ever if anyone had him outside of their top two or three. Best in-ring worker of all time. Not disputable. So, Tom, I will let you go first then with your score. Uh, I got a feeling it's going to be fairly high on this one. Two weeks in a row maybe? Are we going to get double digits? We'll see what happens. So what so do you got? You, you think I may be giving this a 10. Is that correct? I, I think it's at least a 9. Dude. And, and hey, by the way, we're, our payoff score is one to ten. We're not going to do this like douchebag stuff of oh, I'm giving it a, a five and two quarter star because it was at the Tokyo Dome and five and three quarter star. Like that's just that's the stupidest like goofiest thing I've ever heard. It just it it lends no credibility to it. So we are always going to take one to ten, even if one ten's better than another ten or, or whatever the case is. This this match this build um, the entrances, the match, the crowd, the finish, it's it's perfect, okay? This, this is the perfect pro wrestling match. The story, the characters, everything they've been through, the facial reactions, the, the crowd, 
the the you know just just the the, the visuals. I mean, just everything about this is perfect. This is as perfect of as pro wrestling gets, and it was an absolute honor to have been there to see it live. And I probably will never see a better match the rest of my life with all those things being considered. So this is absolutely a 10, and it's as perfect as professional wrestling gets. End of story. I think uh, we may have a first, my friend. And so uh, whether I'm in a good mood or just doling them out lately this way, that uh, I think this is our first ever double 10s. And so um, I, I, I agree with you. I just think, you know, if I were to ding it anywhere, it would be the build, but I can't. And so, you know, it wasn't great, but at the same time, the match was far better than anything we could have hoped for. Um, and it, the pacing, just everything, it, you can't overlook it. And, well, so, and, and so here's what's interesting, right? Is there's two ways to look at the build. Because when you hear when you said that, I'm like, yeah, I kind of agree with you. But but here's the thing. Is the build the, the, the TV leading up to it? Or is the build... These guys both came through the WWF in the 90s. They had great matches, including the first Hell in the Cell. They're the two best performers in the history of WrestleMania. Like, it's like saying, you know, that if, uh, you know, Brady and Manning faced off in the Super Bowl, is the build that season or would the build be their entire career? So in totality, and they played up on this in in the build in terms of the vignette they played prior to the match. The build is everything, and so for that, it's it, it's it's perfect as well. Yeah, and I think in that, and you and I, you know, we we dub the build. We don't have like on this date is when it started, or on this date is when you have to go by. Like you and I, like we take some you know liberties in what we feel it should be and should and shouldn't be included. But for this one, it didn't need a lot. Like you know, it could have just challenged them, and that was that. And so, and coming out of this match, we didn't know that there was going to be another one in a year, and so. I know there's something to be said for that too, of like this match itself was a build for something else. And so, um, yeah, with that, I think, you know, it's just one of those where you, you got to look at the, the totality of it, but then at the same time, you got to be respectful of what it was in its moment and just how everything played out because it's really unbeatable, plain and simple. So it's a good way to put it. Final thoughts, buddy, man. Again, I just loved it. Yeah. Thought it was Thought it was a great match. Thought it was perfection. Um, it was great being there for it. Uh, I instantly in that moment thought it was as good of a match as I'd ever seen and and, and maybe in the history of professional wrestling and, and certainly at WrestleMania. Um, I did not need to get the Blu-ray DVD to confirm <laughs> that. We just needed the network, but we knew it anyways. What a nerd. Yeah. So, all right. No, loved it. Great episode. Uh, close us out, my man. Yeah. Good stuff. As always, like you got both competitors. We try and always share like at Sean Michaels and at Undertaker for the two of them on Twitter. Uh, make sure to check them out. It just feels weird saying that Undertaker has a Twitter, but he does. So there you go. So uh, make sure to check that out. As always, subscribe to the show if you aren't already. Uh, give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to spread the word to your friends, family, anyone you love, all that good stuff. And so, um, love doing what we do, love being out here and talking to wrestling, being on the road. And so Tom, uh, another step on the road to getting closer, uh, to take us home for this one. We are not your boy toy. So rest in peace. <laughs> and thank you for joining us on another episode of the payoff.